0: All right, Jamie, welcome to our source to profits podcast. If you are listening to this from YouTube, do subscribe. We would really appreciate that. Or if you're listening to our podcast from any other platform, do follow. Here we talk about anything and everything that has to do with outsourcing. Uh, Jamie, why, do we, why don't you talk about how anybody who is from sales, what is the one thing that they can do in 2024, which can save them a lot of time and end up making, that will also end up helping them making a lot of money.
1: Yeah. So we decided to launch another product called sales support as a service. And I'll kind of give you the genesis of it for years and years. I'm speaking at sales kickoffs and imagine I'm about to go out on stage and the chief revenue officer and the head of sales enablement would turn to me and say, Oh, before you go on stage, I want you to tell the sellers that they're the CEO of their own territory and to take accountability and responsibility for their market. And that market might be, and most sellers are broken up into three different categories. You were either given a set of named accounts, a portfolio of accounts. Number two, you're given a vertical or an industry. And they say, you know, mine the airline industry, mine the you know the software industry those are your verticals or you're given a geographic territory so you're given a state or a country and that's your market those are the three ways sellers are broken up so i can't tell you how many times the theme of the sales kickoff was ceo of your own territory i mean it dozens and dozens of times but here's the problem the problem is in theory yes you have entrepreneurs. sellers are entrepreneurs. they are responsible for their portfolio of accounts. Yet rarely are they given the same um, supporting mechanisms that you would give your CEO. A CEO is worth $500 an hour, but in a lot of micro businesses and small to medium startups, the CEO is doing, you know, there's this chief bottle washer type mentality of the CEO and they're doing $5 an hour tasks. And one of the very first things that, uh, we talk about and others talk about is you need a virtual assistant to buy back your own time to tackle some of the tasks such as your calendar your email your project to-do list um, crm data input and outputs uh, note taking these sort of things a seller is the ceo of their own territory they're an entrepreneur and so the same concept applied and here is the challenge in the market for a seller The average seller spends about one of their five days a week. It could be argued between 20 to 30% of their week is being spent on administrivia. So the seller is not in market talking to a prospect or talking to a customer looking to upsell and cross sell. They are doing things such as data mining, data enrichment, taking the notes from a call and putting them in the CRM, extracting notes from the CRM, Um, you know, finding email addresses, uh, researching uh, information before a call. Uh, These are basic details that sellers are doing every single day. And we've just accepted it over the years. We've just said, well, but that's part of sales. Well, hold on a second. 15 to 20 years ago, when Aaron Ross wrote Predictable Revenue, and they started describing how Salesforce.com was changing the world and what they did, is they looked at a sales process and they broke out the prospecting arm, like the top of the funnel prospecting arm from the discovery calls, the proposals writing and the closing, and they called this new job function the SDR or BDR, the sales development rep and the business development rep. What did they do? They did labor arbitrage. They took a 35 to $40,000 a year student, somebody that just graduated university, gave them a phone, gave them an email account and LinkedIn and said, go prospect. And the SDRs and the BDRs 15, 20 years ago started booking meetings for the account executives, which made $100,000 a year or $200,000 a year. And it was a beautiful uh, relationship of cheaper labor, booking meetings, a less valuable task, although I've, I think the most critical of tasks, but. The way that companies looked at it was a a less valuable task given to less expensive resources, and then they pass the sales opportunities to the account executives to close the business. Now, do the same thing with your sellers. Take a look at what they do over the course of a day and over a week, and you say to yourself, yeah, we have socially accepted this idea that sellers need to do task A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and they do all these things, but if you broke it down critically, objectively like you would a CEO, you would go, oh my God, what a giant time waste that my really expensive resources are doing these things. What if you use that same principle of labor arbitrage and you bought their time back and you tackled some of these tasks? So that's the the genesis and origin of sales support yeah. as a service.
0: Yeah, I just want to add one more thing is that, in my opinion, anything and everything that you need to you know, just getting it from getting a lead to closing the deal, everything is important. We don't have, I don't think we, I personally don't think we have anything that is not that important, including you know, inputting data on, on the CRM. But what I think is that if we can find repeated tasks that might not need a lot of creative brain power, if that makes sense. The repeatable. We can, we can, yeah, we can give those tasks to somebody uh, that we are sourcing, right? Um, I think in that way we can look at all the tasks as important, but at the same time, it might not need a lot of creative brain power. Uh, I think that's a better way to look at it. And, and the reason behind it is, and I'll give you my own example. I might sound um, little, uh, how do I say this? What is the right word for it, Jamie? Um, I, so I literally have a person who all he does is manage my CRM. That, that's all he does. I, I promise you. Um, and the reason behind I'm doing it is, is because I know how important it is. And I also know maybe I'm just lazy and I don't get, you know, I, I don't want to say I don't get time. I have time, right? Everybody has time, uh, but I'm so lazy in terms of, you know, putting data inside my CRM. I, I keep forgetting doing it. I keep forgetting doing it. So I have somebody who does it all day long and that really helps. How does it help? It helps uh, you know, keeping all the pipelines very transparent. I know exactly what's going on with my CRM. I know exactly how many people I have um, you know, in my pipeline, how many people I have to call tomorrow. So all these things, all this information updating, I have somebody doing it for me all the time. So yeah. But that's
1: what's possible with Offshore. So here, I want you to back up. So you are the listener, you're a, a founder of a company, you're a CEO, maybe you're a chief revenue officer. And having somebody focus in on the database is something that you knew that global mid-market and global enterprise companies have. They call those sales operations, revenue operations, or marketing operations. Those people make $100,000 a year. And you're sitting there going, it would completely destroy my cost of customer acquisition, my payback periods if I did this. But with offshoring, Nezmool has, whether it's a fractional or a full-time person, um, probably being paid somewhere between 350 USD to 750 USD a month, depending on if it's fractional or full time, but can actually afford to have specialists work on very specific tasks. And this comes to where the VA is a service and that sales support is a service. It's essentially very similar. The VA as a service is something that the CEO thinks about sales support as a service is a VA for sales. And you put that virtual assistant, that sales support leader, into the center of a group of sellers. And they start to eat away at these, I visualize these three concentric circles. Concentric circle number one, and it's really, it's a time and motion study. What are the biggest time vampires? Where are we wasting the most amount of time? And a lot of it could be on, uh, Reciprocal calendar scheduling back and forth. Like you and I were just talking about that with my virtual assistant, Manuba, how try, the amount of time that even she's spending with customers lobbying. are you good at this time? The customer's like, no, no, that time doesn't work. Okay, back to you. It's like this constant volume. That is a portion. Um, res- uh, cleaning out inboxes and scheduling meetings. Then you look at the next concentric circle. Okay, well. Data enrichment, data cleansing. What accounts are in my market? What are their phone numbers, email addresses, and LinkedIn profiles? How do you collect that information? How do you get it into the Sierra? Okay. Then the next can, then you just take the next most important time vampire. The next concentric circle could be every time my sellers are walking into a meeting, they should know uh, there's a concept called the three by three research, which means who are the people we're about to meet with? And what are three interesting facts about them that I captured from social media or about changes in the company? It's a call preparation document. These documents I've built for other companies and sellers know they should be using them, but (laughs) do you want your $100,000 a year seller doing that research? Or can you have somebody building these prep docs in advance of people walking into the meetings? So, you know, it's, you know, what's funny, Nazmul is Things that you learn in your past, how they come to your future. So, Aisha is uh, Aisha is the recruiting arm of our company, Get Leverage, and Aisha she um, she's doing an exam today for her MBA, her master's degree, and she was doing it on supply chain management. And I just remembered a lot of these concepts around this time and motion study. Actually, came from my first year at university. I did a study on, and I actually just looked it up as we were talking. They're called the Gilbreths. So the Gilbreths were a husband and wife um, time and motion study experts, and one of their first assignments was the U.S. Army, and the job was that the World War One soldier was spending too much time on two things reloading a gun, and number two, showering. So they actually studied, there's an actual method to the way that Marines today shower. It's something like you take a bar of soap and you go down one arm, up another, it's like this whole process because they broke down the details to how to do things most efficiently. So the, the soldier could go do the $500 an hour task, unfortunately, being in a war, And the $5 an hour task, the showering, could be (laughs) conquered quickly. Well, the Gilbrists got hired by this gentleman. You may have heard of his name. His name was Henry Ford. And what do you think they helped Henry Ford master? The assembly line. The assembly Ah, line, our creation assembly line. Henry Ford was the visionary of the assembly line, but the Gilbrists were the ones that studied why Mm -hmm. you don't get somebody putting on a hubcap at the same time as putting on a bumper. The same concept works in sales. Yes, you could build a car like Ferrari, which means there's one engineer that builds the whole car themselves. Then they sign the engine manifold. You know, John was the guy that built your car, but that's why they build like one Ferrari a day. Or do you want your sellers building Ford F-150s, which is they're stamping, the sellers are focused on what they're great at, and the sales support is taking away, you know, the nuts and the bolts so that the sellers can do more. So
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. Jamie, when, I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> here's the crazy idea. I literally want to hire somebody as an intern, like ask him, like, sit over there. You drink water, do whatever you want. Just do not keep your eyes away from me. Just look at everything that I do all day long and then report back to me. Where do or, I spend money? You back? see me waste
1: yeah where do you where do you see me wasting most of my time oh my god that's brilliant Jamie. yeah it's called yeah. the gilbreth time and motion study and they were the they are the pioneers of time mm. management Um uh, mm-hmm. and i did a whole I, no study. This. Yeah. I did a study about them in first year and it's all kind of like coming back yeah,
0: yeah oh my god that's that's fantastic
1: jamie yeah i hope this really helps to
0: all the founders who are listening and all the sales Professionals who really want to save their time and optimize their, 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 their own time. Jamie, is there anything else that you want to add before we close for the, this podcast?
1: No, I mean, other so um, a couple of weeks ago, we launched a new book, Outsource to Profits. Uh, go on Amazon. You can get it in Kindle form. You can get it on Audibles. I listen to the Audibles. You know, uh, I'm biased. Maybe it's because it's my <laughs> voice, but the engineer did a great job. It's really clean and crisp. Um, you can get it in a paperback form. So pick up Outsource to Profits and hopefully it um, unlocks some ideas for you.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you, Jamie. Everybody who's listening on any other podcast, do subscribe and see you next time. Thanks.